Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to How to Train Your Robot. Uh, so thank you for the introduction. I'm Philip, um, and just to tell you a bit about what I do, I work on this, which is a huge machine for detecting tiny little particles, uh, and it's helping physicists understand why the universe works as it is. But it's a huge thing, it's got lots of electronic bits in it, and it does a lot of things automatically. So in some sense, you could think of it, about, uh, think of it like being a robot. And I'm Rachel, and I work at Cambridge Medical Robotics, where we're designing um, an automated system to help surgeons with keyhole surgery, so that patients can have keyhole surgery and go home quicker and get better quicker. So again, there are parts that are automated, and this is a robot, hence Cambridge Medical Robotics. Oh, that would be a silly name. So, as you might guess, we both find robots pretty cool, and we think you should be too. But they seem like quite weird things. We might not know that much about them. So, so exactly what are they and why do, we, why do they work? And also, how do we even control them? And that's what we're going to find out today as we learn to train a robot. So I guess the first question is, what even is a robot? So when we say robot, you might think of something like this. It's a bit like a human, two arms, two legs, and sort of walks around. But is that all a robot is? Are all robots like that? Do you think you might have seen a robot today? You probably haven't seen something like this walking down the street, but have you potentially seen a robot today? Any, anyone think they've seen a robot? Where have you seen a robot? <coughs> okay. well, I'm not completely sure, but if I'm right, I'll be really scared. Because it's not like a robot, it's some kind of electronic device which helps you do stuff. So, yeah, you think it's like something that's electronic that helps you do stuff? Has anyone seen one recently, do you think? Yeah. There's a hand up over there. What a computer and a TV. <coughs> they have bits which are similar, so it does lots of things with electronics and it sort of. I guess it does some sort of level of thinking, if you like, but it, it, at the same time, it's not being, it's not may, maybe sort of moving. That's often quite an important part of it. Traffic lights are getting uh, are sort of something that is quite automated and certainly does a repetitive task. Um, there's lots of different ideas there. I think they're all really good. Should we, we came up with some ourselves, um, so we'll we'll give you some of our thoughts as well, and you see what you think of them. So what have we got, Rachel? Well, here we have. A manufacturing plant. These robots, the big orange arms, are picking up big pieces of glass and moving them somewhere else and putting them down again. So why would you want robots to do that rather than a person? Well, they're very good at doing the same thing over and over again and not making the same. They don't get bored, they don't get tired, and they won't drop the glass. And actually, that's an important thing because glass is very heavy, and also if it breaks, which it does fairly often, it's really quite dangerous. It's very, very sharp. So in many ways, these uh, robots are also making the job quite a lot safer. So that seems like quite a useful thing for a robot to do. Yeah. How about this one? What's that? This is a vacuum cleaning robot that goes around the floor and vacuums the house. You mean, so I don't have to? Well, not that you do anyway, but you know. So yeah, on the right hand side here, we have the yellow lines showing the path that this robot takes. So that doesn't look, if, if let's say I was to vacuum the floor, um, that's not how I do it. It's, it's doing, I'm just going backwards and forwards until I've gone across the room. So why is this different? Well, it doesn't really know what it's doing or the big space that it's got to do it in. So it just travels around randomly, minding the objects like the table and the furniture, until it thinks it's finished the room. So, yeah, we can see it has done the job. It's been everywhere in the room, but it's done it in a different way to what a human would have done. That's, that's quite interesting. Maybe we can learn something from that. What's that? That looks cool. Well, this is a pathetic arm. So yes, it's a robotic arm, and these arms are now getting so clever that they can um, be controlled by your mind and by the signals coming off of your muscles. So people who have 
unfortunate enough to lose limbs can now have the function of their hands back. I think this is really interesting because we often think of robots as being completely automatic, maybe, and they go and do their own thing. But here, I guess it must be doing some automatic stuff because I don't know how to control the motor with my mind. So it must be working out something along the way. But actually, the human is entirely in control of what it's trying to do all the time. So it's kind of a nice combination. It's doing something that's got some automatic bits to it, but it's still being very much controlled all the time by the human. That's a really good way of using a robot. That doesn't look like a robot. Well, it's a Docklands Light Railway. It is a train. It's a train in London. And it kind of is a robot because there's no driver. You can go and sit in the driver's seat and pretend to drive it, although there isn't a steering wheel. But you can get inside this robot. And, and this robot transports millions of people every year around, around London. And so this is actually a robot you can get in and ride on. That's quite cool. And these, I'm pretty sure most of you have all seen. These are the self-checkouts at your local supermarket. Mm. Well, we, 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 you hear a lot of things about robots being really, really intelligent these days, don't you? How many people have been sitting here for five minutes listening to an unexpected item in bagging area whilst the human goes to sort the robot out? Quite a lot of you. Need we say more? But at the same time, they're doing something that's kind of quite automatic. It's quite a repetitive job and also it's, it's really complicated because you have to work out what someone's bought, whether what they say they bought is actually what they've bought and then handle all the money and that sort of thing. So there's a little bit of intelligence there. It is it does make life easier. They're quite they seem to be quite popular. But they are still limited. You still need to type in what fruit or veg that you've bought because it doesn't have a barcode so it doesn't know what to do. So there are still limits to it and it needs human input to help it work. So those are some robots you might have seen every day. Um, hopefully not the, the one for lost in limbs, but uh, um, okay, well, we've seen some robots, but what can we, what, what makes a robot? What, what is a robot made of? Well, first of all, it needs some form of skeleton. Um, so like us humans, we have a skeleton that stops us sort of all falling over and ending up in a pile of like mu muscle. Um, but robots have a similar thing. Um, so they've got pieces of metal that hold them up. So on the left we have, top left, we have um, a robotic arm that is uh, helping draw some things. And you can clearly see the metal casing that's making that. And down below we've got part of uh, the Cambridge Medical Robotics uh, arm. So you can see how nicely you can get the finished materials these days. And how odd angles and shapes that you can get to get your robot to do what you want. And I guess you must have things like joints, because my skeleton bends, it wouldn't be very useful otherwise. And I, I, I suppose the reason the skeleton is useful, because otherwise I just collapse in that sort of heap of muscle and bits and pieces, and I guess we don't want our robots to collapse in a jumble of wires. I can see the point of that, yeah. So, we also need to tell what's going on around the outside world. We've got eyes, we've got uh, ears, we've got hands, we've got nose, we can touch, we can taste, we've got our senses. <coughs> but how does a robot sense what's going on in the outside world? Well, you can get electronic components uh, from very simple ones, like switches. This is a, a sort of uh, switch you might find in a robot. Uh, up to more complicated things like cameras and temperature sensors and all sorts of things like that. And so they can give the robot information about what's going on in the world around it. Uh, but if you have a look at this, and I'll, I'll pass it around in a second, you can see that actually it's pretty simple. I mean, it's just something that moves, and when it clicks, you, it will send an electrical signal along these wires. But it doesn't know why there's an electrical signal. It doesn't know what's caused it. It doesn't know 
if it's happened, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. So these sensors can do useful things, but on their own, I'm not very impressed. No, they're not. You can pass it around and have a look. Right? They're not that useful on their own. <coughs> so, but before we get to how we make them useful, we also need to know how to move that robot. So you have muscles. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> robots have motors. But again, these motors aren't as clever as we might like to think they are. Yes, we can get them to move to very precise uh, positions. And so here is a motor that you might find in a robot. It can move to a very exact angle. But again, look at it. It's just really a lump of metal that can turn and some wires coming out. There's nothing clever about that. It will move a certain distance depending on what electrical signals you put in. So again, it doesn't know how, where it's moving, why it's moving, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. So we need, we need some way of making this a little bit more intelligent. You can have a look at that if you want to pass it around. And that bit is like our brain. We take in the signals from the outside, we see things, we touch things, we smell things, then we work out what to do with them. And that working out what to do and how to make our muscle move is done in our brain. And, and robots have a similar thing, and that's done in their, their, their processes and their software and their code. So our brain makes sense of all the information that's coming in and allows us to do stuff with our muscles and move to interact with the outside world. And a robot does exactly the same thing. So we can almost directly compare the two. That's us. Eyes, ears, and muscles. We can move all coordinated by the brain. Robots, we've got electronics, sensors, and bits that move, all coordinated by some sort of processor. Well, okay, that, that sounds kind of understandable, but we came here to learn how to train our robot, not to learn just what's inside it. So how do we do that? That, uh, I guess we want to focus on that bit. Yeah, we want to look at the coding bit. So code can seem really I think I would go and panic because I have no idea how to build a house. So oh, well, you seem to sound like you have a better idea about how to do it than I do. <laughs> maybe we could get you to do it for me. Perhaps not. So maybe we should break it down into two major components. Let's go for the walls and the roof. I guess both of those things are useful if you want to build a house. Okay, well, I can see that a wall is a bit easier to build than an entire house at once, and maybe a roof is too. So it's a bit easier to think about in these two, these two bits to make the house. Okay. So let's look at the, the wall. Can we break that down any further? Is it easier to think of maybe the bricks and then the mortar? Okay, I see where you're going with this, because even a wall is quite a complicated thing. But if we say we need some mortar and then we need to put it in, the same, in, in a particular way with some bricks, then eventually we end up with that. And can we go further? We can go as far as you like. So to make the mortar, we need some sand and some water and cement. We need to mix it in a certain way. And then I guess we can just keep going down and down and down and down until we get to an instruction that is so simple an idiot couldn't fail to do it. And so, I guess in this case, our idiot is our robot. Exactly. Okay, so I can see how we do that, but it doesn't, I mean, does this always go to plan? No, just imagine trying to code something that's really big. Um, mistakes and errors creep in, and these are known as computer bugs. Computer bugs? Well, There's a name for a mistake. Yes. Well, when computers were as big as this room in the 1940s, actually there was space for insects to fly around. And the first reported computer bug was because a moth was flying into one of the relays, or one of the switches, and caused it to malfunction. So the computer went wrong because of a moth 
flying inside the computer. <laughs> okay. So they taught it by catching it and sticking it into the box. Now we know this is the first actual case of a bug being found in a computer. So there, ladies and gentlemen, is the world's first computer bug, and it even says that they found it in this part of the computer, uh, and uh, that's quite impressive. I like that. Okay. But in reality, what does this look like if a robot does go wrong because of a mistake in its code or because it doesn't quite understand what's going on compared to what the person who programmed it thought was going on? Well, there are many ways that it can go wrong. And, and we're going to look at some robots that have definitely not succeeded in doing their task. Okay, so these are some of the cleverest robots in the world. They're taking part in a competition uh, to do all sorts of tasks and they have to be able to walk. But as we're going to see for the next few, uh, for the next couple of minutes, it doesn't always go to plan. And we'll have a look at why. So all these robots are trying to do is walk and do stuff that we would do all the time. This is just walking across uneven ground. Who can't do that? tries to turn the door handle and just falls over. Nearly. Oh, no. And this one's my favourite. Oh, sorry, the one, the one after this one is my favourite. There we go. It tries to turn this valve, the red thing you can see behind it, and instead doesn't get it. And turns it off. It's so <laughs> Okay, so you can see what happens if it doesn't quite go to plan. Um, it, all of those robots were actually doing incredibly well. Those have teams of experts from around the world. Um, and their, their achievements are very impressive. But just because of a few mistakes in their code, they don't quite do what, what we uh, expected. And of course, it's hilarious, which is obviously why we showed you the video. Um, of course, we're here to learn how to train robots, so I think it's time for you to have a go. And so um, Rachel is just going to go out and fetch the robot for us. Um, and I'm going to explain what we're going to do. Because it's the Cambridge Science Festival, and festivals to me imply sort of celebration, and celebration, of course, implies a cake. Um, so I thought we should get a robot to ice some cakes that look a little bit like this. Um, and it should be fairly straightforward. We've got some bits and pieces here. We've got some cakes. We've got some icing to go on the cakes. We've got some sprinkles and some chocolate buttons. All we need to do is get our robot that's just walking down the, the uh, steps there to follow some instructions. You can see that it is definitely a robot. Um, to follow a set of simple instructions to get this nice and easy task to, to be done automatically. Who thinks that's nice and easy? We have an audience of optimists, quite clearly. <laughs> experienced ones. Okay, so how are we going to do this in practice? The robot needs to understand something before you can start. Um, it, realistically, if you're programming anything, someone's probably already done a little bit of work before you to set up what the thing understands anyway. So what have we got? We've got, we've got a bulb. 
we've got chocolate buttons, we've got the sprinkles and they're all labelled. All of these things are <coughs> objects that we might want the robot to do something with. And so it has to understand what they are, and so if you t try and tell the robot about a bowl, it will know what you're talking about and will interact with it. But these are just things, you can't do anything with just things. So we also need to be able to give it commands. And so we can give it a set of simple commands, such as pick something up, put something down, move to somewhere, um, and all of these somethings and somewheres are these objects we've already talked about. And then there's a slightly more complicated ones, which will become very useful. How to load something with something else, or unload something onto something else, and rotate which will come in, later, uh, come in useful later. And of course, let's just say from our, from our video we saw before, we're not entirely confident this is going to go to plan. So the two most important commands are stop and undo. <coughs> Hopefully we won't have to use those at all though. Right, everyone up for this? Yes. Should we give it a go? Okay, so what we're going to do is you're going to tell me what instructions we're going to give the robot and then we're going to give them to the robot and see what happens. And just so you know, the robot's currently standing by the box uh, with all the spoons in it. So first things first, we want to get <coughs> to an ice cake. And I guess the first thing we need to do is probably put some icing on it. So what do you think we need to do to do that very first? Yes. Okay, well the robot can already know is enough to be able to move from one place to the next. So actually, we don't need to do that yet. We might need to be able to rotate the cakes later, though. That will turn out to be useful. Another suggestion? Um, pick up spoon. Yeah, we need a spoon to be able to handle the icing. The spoons are over here in the box, and the icing is over here in the, uh, in the bowl and the workspace. So what do you think we should do? We need to pick up the spoons. Should we give that a go? Sounds pretty convincing. So we'll say this. Pick up spoons. Everyone agree? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the robot do what it was told? We have a ridiculous set of spoons. <laughs> Is that going to help us ice cake? <laughs> right, okay, I think we're going to undo that. That nearly went to that, but unfortunately it didn't come with the boat. So, what are we going to do next? We need to pick up one spoon, and actually what sort of spoon do you think is best before we ask what you I can hear a mumble there, go on. A teaspoon. A teaspoon, okay, so let's be a bit more specific. And we're going to have to make our code a bit better, because spoons wasn't really, <coughs> spoons wasn't really good enough for us. So we'll write this like this, spoons, but brackets we want a teaspoon. So pick up spoons, <laughs> there we go, well done. So we now have a teaspoon. Um, but we need to pick up ice and really, don't we? So, what do we need to do now? Any suggestions? Uh, yes? Move underscore to the bowl with icing. Yeah, we want to move to the bowl. Let's do that. With icing. Uh, well, actually, the icing's in the bowl, so we don't need to tell it that the icing is in the bowl. We'll deal with that later. Um, all it needs to do is know where to move. So, let's move to the bowl. Spot on, nicely done. And, well, what do we need to do now, do you think? Pick up the 
Uh, well, at the moment, we, we will need to do that in a second, but we don't have a case yet. So picking up the icing won't be very useful. <coughs> we will need to do that in a second, but we'll be walking around with a piece of icing without a cake. So we're nearly there. Remember that one then. Yep. Sorry. Uh, we still have a spoon. I think let's for the moment put down the spoon, then we'll get the cakes and we'll do the other bits. Because otherwise we'll end up in a massive confusion. So let us uh, put down the spoon. But remember, it's a teaspoon. Well done. So we, we've, we've done the first bit. We've got our workspace set up for each So that, that was um, actually, we did something that was kind of a little bit complicated with these three instructions, like that. And one of the great things about writing a computer program is that actually they can remember stuff really easily. So if we say, in the future, if we say just get spoon, then the computer will go, aha, and I know that that means pick up this move to this, put down this, and it will remember it. And that makes our life a little bit easier for the future. So, we have a spoon. We're not quite there to getting a cake, so I think we need to put the icing on next. As you can see, the icing needs to go on first, then the sprinkles, and then the buttons. So, who's got a suggestion of what to do next? Uh, right at the back there. <coughs> yep. Yep. Okay, so we'll, we'll do those things. Uh, I think you've got the complete set there, actually. Um, the, the cakes, it doesn't know where the cakes are, but it does know where this is. This should be the tin. So maybe we'll do what we said, but we'll start by moving to the tin. Move the tin. And then we will pick up a cake as you suggested. And where do we need to go to now? Yep. And nearly, but she's still holding the cake. Where, where do you want to do the work on the cake? Uh, the plate's right at the last thing. We want to work on it first. Where might we do the work? Are you right over there? Okay. Let's put the cake down in the workspace first, because that's where we need to actually do the work, because otherwise we'll make a mess all over our nice big plate, which won't be very good for presenting to people on. So shall we move to the workspace? And I can see you're all very, very keen to get some icing on this cake. So, there's still one thing that's not quite right about this, isn't there? What do you think? Unload cake, maybe, but we unload the cake with something else. So maybe we should just put it down. Put the cake down in the workspace. Very good. Uh, well, actually, you don't need to tell us to put it down at the workspace because it's already there. We just say, put down cake. <laughs> there we go. So four simple instructions have now got us a cake, which we can work on. And as we were talking about before, Maybe we could just make that a bit simpler as well. We could say, we need to move to the tin, pick up this, move to that, put down thing, and let's call that in the future, just get cake. That'll make it easier to remember, and much easier for us to do more stuff later. Now time for the icing. 
So we've got our icing in the bowl here with a spoon in it. Um, and so, how are we going to do that? Uh, <coughs> who hasn't had a go yet? Yes. Uh, yes, so I think we, we're currently at the workspace. We need to go to the bowl. So we'll do that bit first. But then we can pick up the spoon. Okay, so we'll pick up the spoon as you suggested. <coughs> so we now have a spoon. It doesn't really have any icing on it. And so what do we need to do now? I don't think anything yet. Okay, well we can tell, tell the robot, lift the spoon without tilting it. No. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be what you're talking about. Because lift the spoon isn't actually on the list. So we can, that, that is a very sensible way of describing what we're doing, but we can't because our robot's too stupid to understand that. Yeah, that's what you said before, wasn't it? Remember that. So if we say load the teaspoon with icing, so there we go. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of why you have to be really careful about this, we could have said something slightly different, which would be pick up icing. What do you think would happen if we said that? <laughs> Should we do it anyway? <laughs> And then said, pick up icing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there we go. That, that ends you up with a messy robot, which you then need to use. So you need to be really careful about this. That a, a small difference in something which makes a lot of sense to you ends up with something completely different from a robot. But anyway, we've got icing on our spoon. So we'll go back to where he wants to be. <laughs> Okay, so robot now has icing on the spoon as we instructed. Now what do we need to do with it? Yes? Uh, load cake with icing. Uh, okay, well the... Unload icing onto cake. We can try that, um, but look where the robot is. If we said unload icing onto cake... No. We can do that. No. So it's, it's almost right. Yes? It's the workspace. Yeah, you're on the right track. So we move to the workspace, <coughs> and next thing, we then do what you suggested. Um, we can just show you what happens if we don't say unload. What do you think would happen if we say drop down? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can say we can say put down icing, but is that going to work? Put down icing? No. <laughs> that can't work because the robot's holding the spoon. And we could also say, put down the spoon. Should we put down the spoon? <laughs> That's not a very good way of icing the cake. So I'll undo that. <laughs> and I liked your idea a lot better. So let's say, unload the icing onto the cake. That's looking pretty good. We now have the right icing on the cake, teaspoonful. Um, we're still holding the spoon, so what do we need to do now? Uh, there's a lot of jumping there, okay, go on. <coughs> so we need to put it down in the icing bowl, but the robot's not at the icing bowl. Yep. 
Okay, let's do a move to gold. And finally, we can relieve the poor robot of its spoon by. Yeah, put down spoon. There we go. So congratulations, you've done the first bit. We have actually got a nice cake, as you instructed. But did you see how careful we had to be to get that exactly right? So, we've got an increasingly useful program here. That took a little bit more work, didn't it? We had, uh, what, seven instructions? But of course we can save them for later. But all that lot, just nice cake, nice and easy. What next? Uh, anyone? Yeah, what, what do we need to do next? What, what do you think is the next thing that needs to go on the cake? Oh, yeah, and we've got to put. Maybe these bits? Yeah. Let's put some sprinkles on the cake. That sounds like a very good suggestion to me. Um, where is the very at the moment? <coughs> it's at the bowl. Do we, we can't do anything if it's at the bowl. Where do we want the robot to be? Workspace. We do, don't we? So, Move it back to where we can do something useful with it. Move to the workspace. Okay. How are we going to get sprinkles onto the cake? Yes? <coughs> so we need to know to move onto something else, but actually it's kind of useful because they're already in a container, so we probably have to pick it up. So should we do that? Yeah? We'll pick up the sprinkles. And then what do we need to do? Yeah, go on. We could say put things sprinkles onto cake. But it doesn't understand this. What do we need to do? What which one of these instructions do we have to use? Uh, yeah. Unload sprinkles onto cake. Spot up. So this is all going well, isn't it? We're doing very nicely here. So uh, and those sprinkles onto cake. <laughs> whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, whilst you might like to eat a cake like this, I'm not sure any of your parents will thank me for letting you do it. That's sort of more what we wanted, but we've got a massive pile of sprinkles. Can anyone tell me what went wrong? Why did it not work? Uh, yes, what was going on? It didn't know when to stop. Didn't know when to stop. Well, it's a stupid robot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or did we ever tell it to stop? No. no. It never even knew to stop pouring the sprinkles. So, <laughs> poor robot, it was just doing its job. We need to write better instructions. Right, well, how, how can we do that? How can we limit the amount of sprinkles on the cake? Yeah? Uh, Great idea. So shall we try that? And even better, you have exactly predicted what I wrote down. Um, so, uh, <coughs> just find it. Uh, I just lost it. That's right. The robot has uh, some extra intelligence which I haven't told you about. Okay, we can do the same thing. If we said, just do it for one second, oh, maybe this will work a little bit better. So our command was still absolutely correct, but you need to give it a little bit more information. 
And time is one thing that robots um, work out really well. So let's, let's undo this and put a new cake there and try our new instruction for one second on the two of cake. Spot on. I think the icing is <laughs> a little bit harder. You can see that that was a bit closer to what we wanted than what we got before. Okay, this is going quite well. So, anything else we need to do to finish off this putting the sprinkles on? Okay? Uh, yes? Is it still holding the sprinkles? Yeah, I think, I think that would be helpful because otherwise it would be holding them looking like that. Yeah, possibly eating them if something goes wrong. It, it does this. So, let's put down the sprinkles. And we have an almost completed cake. We'll pretend that more of those stuck than they actually did. There we go. You won't want to eat this afterwards now. So, we're getting on really pretty well here. We've done this set of instructions now. And we've added the sprinkles. The robot now knows how to add sprinkles onto the cake. So, what, there's only a couple of things left to do. We're doing very well. What, what's next? Anyone? We need to add chocolate buttons. So the buttons are in the workspace for the robot. Can anyone, anyone suggest what we need to do to get it to put buttons on the cake? Uh, who hasn't answered yet? I don't think you have. Very sensible. We can't do anything unless we have some buttons. So pick up buttons.
We'll say rotate the cake, but only by a quarter. Perfect. Okay. And uh, I'll just have to take this additional button off because the robot will not even know I've done that because we're not told it to check. Um, what can we do again? We've already got the instructions here. Yep. Pick up button, but only one. And then unload that one button onto the cake. And then rotate the cake by a quarter. But actually, uh, I think it was you that suggested we could do this several times, couldn't we? Um, and so we can make this a little bit cleverer by if we give the robot a completely new cake, why don't we say, that. How many buttons do we need on top? Four. Four, okay. So if we say instead, but for four buttons, because a robot doesn't know what a button is and it can count very well, we say for four buttons, pick up the button, unload the button, and then we take the cake. We can actually make it automatic. Just watch this. Picks up button, puts up, down, turns it around, picks up, puts down, turns around, picks up, puts down, turns around, picks up, puts down, turns around. With four lines of information, you've suddenly, whoops, <laughs> you've suddenly got what is basically a finished cake. That is why a robot is so useful, because we can just keep doing the same thing over and over again. As soon as it knows what this means, it can just do it as much as you want. But we have to be really precise about what we mean. So we're getting there. We've only, all we've got to do now is put the cakes on the plate. Um, so we'll call all what we've just done. It now knows how to do that and add buttons. So, last bit. This should be fairly simple for you. It's probably not too much to catch you out here. We're just going to put the cake on the plate. So, what do you think we need to do? Put the cupcake on the plate. Put the cupcake on the cake? Oh, on the plate? Nah. <laughs> I think I'll have to try a little bit harder than that. Why, Toka? Move to the plate. You could do move to the plate. <laughs> Which works, but where's the cake? Right back? Um, either of you two. Pick up cake. Pick up cake. But if we pick up cake now. <laughs> yeah, we need to be really careful because if we say pick up cake, it'll pick up this one, which is not the one we want to pick up. So if we undo and move our robot back, and now we pick up cake. And your suggestion was a good one, because <laughs> it it's sometimes has these slight malfunctions. Um, if we now get it to move to the plate, so we've got it to pick up the cake and move to the plate, what's the last thing we need to do? Uh, right at the back. Put down cake. Put down cake. Right. And there we have it. We've managed, with our robotic instructions, to ice a cake. So well done. The only downside is you've still got another five to go. How are we going to do that? Because we taught it this last sort of bit of information, pick up cake, put down, move to plate, and put down the cake. And we could call that or, or just present cake, because it's on the plate, it looks nice. How can we do this? Right at that corner. We could, well, we've got another five, but yes, your idea of repeating is a really good one. So if you take all this lot off, <coughs> so far, the instructions are 
in green are things we've already taught it. It knows how to get a spoon, get a cake, ice a cake, add sprinkles, add buttons, and present the cake. And if we give it another piece of information, as we did with the buttons, where we said for the four buttons to do this, we can say for each cake in the tin, get the cake, ice the cake, add the sprinkles, add the buttons, and present the cake. So if we tell our robot to go from here, let's watch what happens. So, the first cake, he's got the cake. It's picked it up, it's picked up the icing, it's unloaded it onto the cake, it's already got the spoon, we didn't need to do that bit. It's moving back to the bowl, putting it down in the bowl, then it's picking up the sprinkles, timing it for one second, putting it down, picking up one button, putting it down, turning it, picking up, putting it down, turning it, picking up, putting it down, turning it, picking up, putting it down, turning it, picking up the cake and moving it to the bowl. And then it's onto the next cake. And I'm just going to sit back and watch because this is great. <laughs> So this is why a robot is useful. It's not <coughs> clever, but if we get our instructions right, it'll just keep going. Right, we probably don't really need to get it to make all of the, cake, all of the cakes, because I think you've seen how this works. But between you, you have successfully now made a robotic cake iser. So stop, and we'll give the robot a round of applause. And it, and it knows one extra instruction, uh, which wasn't on the list, which is fetch Rachel. <laughs> okay. Um, so, it worked. We managed to ice six cakes, or we, we could have done if we hadn't stopped it. And to be honest, we could have kept going for as long as there was cakes and as long as there was sprinkles and as long as there were buttons. And did you see how simple each of those individual commands were just a very simple thing which even an idiot can understand. And so that is all you need to do. Did I miss it? Uh, but it's work. Well, maybe we should. Well, what about other things that happen every day? Do you think people could design robots for them? Yeah, could you imagine trying to code to tell someone how to clean their teeth? Robots don't know what teeth are, they don't know what toothbrushes, they don't know how hard to code, how, how fast to what would be the difficult bit about telling a robot to brush your teeth? And after what you've seen today, would you trust it? <laughs> I'd, I'd practice on someone else first. What about this one? Well, so, Ronnie, we saw all the robots walking along on uneven surfaces and just falling over. So could we tell it to run up a hill on boulders? <laughs> Rather you than me. Anything else? What about this? I think the UCI would have an interest in that one. I'm pretty sure you can also think of other ideas of everyday things that you do around the house and see how you can think about how you do them if you're a robot. But what about something really, really complicated, like getting to the moon? How would you design a robot to do that? How much, how much information do you have to give it? What do you think, Rachel? Well, I think about as much as me. That seems like a very precise answer. Why do you think that? Well, when all the code for the Apollo 11 was written down and printed out, so this is an actual printout <laughs> of the computer code which got the rocket to the moon and got people to walk on the moon. And this, this lady who's standing next to it is Margaret Hamilton. Who was she, Rachel? Uh, she was the chief uh, lead en uh, software engineer that was uh, in charge of writing all of this code and making sure that there were no bugs in it or mistakes and that it all went to plan. 
Isn't that cool? So you can actually see how much you have to write. It would take, I think it would take you a bit longer than we'd have time to go through today. So I guess from that we've learnt, firstly, what you need to do to train a robot, but secondly, you can do basically anything if you have enough time, enough stuff, and if you might good enough to code. The only limit is your imagination. Okay, thank you all very much.